Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. I want to greet everybody that uh, is welcoming, uh, visiting us online tonight. We uh, just thank you for, for showing up and, and worshiping with, you, with us no matter where you're at. Uh, we know the word's going to go forth tonight, that's for sure. So, uh, Pastor had a, a little minor uh, surgery on his finger, so he didn't want to have to you know, worry about getting prepared and so forth, so I got the call uh, to step up here today, and, and uh, he started this series a couple weeks ago, so last week was, was first Wednesday. Uh, the Wednesday prior to that, he started on the seven redemptive names of God, and, and so the first redemptive name that he talked about was Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. And, uh, you know, obviously talking about the story of Abraham and how God commanded Abraham to go up to the mountain and to kill his, his only son, you know, the son that, the promise that he had been waiting for for many, many years. Uh, and he had to go up there and, and he did it willingly and immediately and he was obedient to doing that, to, to sacrificing his son. And we all know the story. When he went to sacrifice him, God knew that he was serious and, and then he said, stop. And he looked over and there was a ram and, and he said there, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. And that's how he is in our lives, amen? amen. So tonight we're gonna talk about every sheep needs a shepherd. So say, I am a sheep. And that's a good thing, amen? So we're gonna talk about this word, uh, this name of God, Jehovah Ra'ah, or Rohai. You know, I looked up uh, on the internet many different places and there are all these different spellings and so forth. And, and you know, names are important, especially, I don't wanna mess up the name, one of the names of God. You know, it's the Lord our shepherd. You know, I think about, uh, you know, Hison, when, when Darnell and Hison started coming to church here six or seven years ago, we were looking for a new coach and, and uh, you know, I was talking with Darnell and, and uh, meeting Hison, and I remember her telling me her name, and I'm like, say it again, Hison? And, and he, Darnell said, it's like Nissan with an H. I'm like, okay, perfect, I can get that. And at the gym, they just called her Pitts for a while, but once we learned that name, we never forgot it, amen? And so we're gonna call Jehovah Ra'ah, so if you wanna come up afterwards and correct me, that's fine but wait until then. So the word ra'ah really means shepherd. And shepherd is simply someone who watches over, looks after, or guides somebody, okay? And we're gonna have a lot of scripture here tonight, so we're gonna, we're gonna dive into three different truths, and these are the truths that I wanna, want you to be able to walk away with tonight. And then the first truth is that God is your shepherd. Say, God's my shepherd. The second truth is, is that you're a sheep. And a lot of times when we hear that, that we're sheep, we, we don't really have the best connotation of sheep, but I'm gonna make it cool to be a sheep tonight. So that's the second truth. And then the third truth is that you have an under-shepherd and he's called your pastor. And the, the pastor of this flock or of this congregation is, is Pastor Mike, amen? So again, uh, God is our shepherd, we are sheep, and we've got an under-shepherd who is our, our pastor. So those are the three truths. So let's dive into this first truth. God is your shepherd. So a couple examples that show how this word ra'ar or shepherd um, takes care or, or really positions us to take care of our, our basic needs. So in Genesis chapter 29 and verse 7, and again, I'm going give, to give you a lot of scripture here in the beginning and, and kind of fly through some of these. 
But the second part of Genesis 29, verse 7, uh, Jacob is telling his shepherds, he's saying, water the sheep and go and feed them. That word feed there is that same word ra'ah. So one of the things that, that a shepherd does is he positions the sheep to be able to have food and water. So he's going to lead the sheep into, into, dry, you know, into pastures that are, that are green pastures so that they can eat. He's going to lead them beside the still water so they have water to drink. That's what a good shepherd does, and God is a good shepherd. Gen- Genesis chapter 29, verse 9, it says, And while he spoke with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. So that, that word kept or keep is also the word reha, so, or ra'a, excuse me. So it's, it's guidance and protection. So that it's like keeping the flock. And, and sheep have a, you know, some of their own self-wills where they want to wander off and so forth. So that word keep is, again, it's, it's keeping the flock together. So two of the, the examples is, is, number one, again, that, that the shepherd positions the sheep for food and water to provide nourishment. And the second thing is to keep them for guidance and, and protection. Ra'a is also used figuratively to represent the relationship with the leader and his people. And we, if we flip over to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 2, the second part of that, um, this is when the, the tribes of Israel, they're, they're saying this to David. And they, they said, the Lord said to thee, thou shalt feed, there's that word ra'ah again, my people Israel, and thou shalt be a captain uh, over Israel. That captain connotates leadership and direction. So again, they're going to feed and water, they're going to guide and protect, they're going to they're gonna feed once again, and they're going to be a captain or, or lead and direct. Now, this word feed is a little bit different. It's not necessarily providing nourishment, like in food and water and so forth, but it's, it's feeding them and, and protecting them and, and taking care of them and leading and guiding them, you know, just like, like our pastor or our under-shepherd does here. That's what God, the God of the Bible, the good shepherd, does with us. Amen? And when you add the word Jehovah to Ra'ah, you come to the understanding that, that God is the shepherd here. So it's not just Ra'ah, but it's Jehovah Raha. And, and again, God being our shepherd. Now, Genesis chapter 48, verse 15, this is taking place, you know, this is, this is at the end kind of, of, of um, uh, the story here when, when Jacob is going to bless Joseph. You know the story of Joseph, obviously. You know, he, he gets uh, passionate. He, he has this vision, this dream. And uh, he has passion, but a little bit immature, and he shares his dream with his family, and, and so what, the, what does the brothers end up doing? They get jealous of him, they throw him into a pit, uh, they sell him to slavery, you know, and then we know the story and, and how things go, you know, and he ends up, over time, ends up in prison and all this stuff done unjustly, but at the end of it, he ends up being in the second in command, the second most powerful man in all the earth at that time. So he was the second in command to, to Pharaoh, who was king over, over Egypt. So we pick this story up in Genesis chapter 48, verse 15. And, and he, or, or Jacob, it says, Jacob blessed Joseph. And he said, God, before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, did walk, the God which fed, again, there's that word ra'ah, fed me all my life long until this day. So here's the premise, is that Jacob recognized that, that God was his shepherd. He knew that throughout his whole entire life, that God was guiding him, he was leading him, he was directing him, and he didn't have a problem with that, amen? And it, it's kind of crazy, like, like nowadays, you know, it's, it's all about being a self-made man, you know, and, and that's counterculture. That, that's cultural, but it's not scriptural. You know, when you want to be independent and do things your own way, again, being a self-made man rather than a God-made man or woman and being God-dependent. And, and that's what Jacob was talking about here. When we go down to, to Psalm chapter 80, verse 1, 
Uh, it talks about God being the shepherd over the entire nation of Israel. And it says, give ear, O shepherd. And again, that name is Ra'ah, O shepherd of Israel, that thou leadest Joseph like a flock. So God here is the shepherd. That's the connotation. And Joseph and Israel, the people of Israel, they are the sheep. And that's, again, what God talks about all throughout the Bible is that he's leading his sheep. You know, Moses and Aaron, they, they led the flock of Israel. And, and again, it wasn't a negative connotation. We've kind of we've twisted and perverted that nowadays. You know, I know I see on the internet, there's a, there's a guy that's a, basically he's just a big internet marketer. He says, lion, not lambs. You know, and he's selling t-shirt and trying to get likes and subscribes. And man, I, I wish God would have used a different connotation for us, maybe a lion or an eagle or even a bear. I don't know why we got to be sheep, but hey, you know, this is what God wants for us, amen, and, and so we're going we're gonna to go with it. Now, the shepherd, who is God, watches over and, and he protects his flock. That's what a good shepherd does. He watches over and he protects his flock. And in, in Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 11 and 12, this is where the word of the Lord, it ends up, he ends up coming to Ezekiel, and Ezekiel, the prophet, he ends up rebuking the shepherds Basically, what they were doing is they were feeding themselves and they were neglecting the flock. So these were not, not good shepherds. They were really hirelings because it was all about them. They were, they were there. They were selfish. It was all about what they could get rather than what they could give. So again, they were not good shepherds. So let's see how God deals with them. In Ezekiel 34, verse 11 through 12, he says, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and I will seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will deliver them out of all the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. It says, the sheep that were scattered, so I will sh seek out my sheep. You know, so many times you hear people's testimonies, they'll say that they found God or, or they found Jesus. Well, well, God wasn't lost. We were. Amen? So, you know, when we're scattered and we're out there, God comes looking for us, and that's a good thing. You know, he corrects and he chastens those that he loves, and that correcting and that chastening, that's a good thing. He wants us to keep us in the fold because he wants to protect us. It's not about controlling. It's about protecting. It's about, you know, God's best in our life. I always tell people, you know, God is standing at the very end of our lives. He's not bound by time. You know, in the beginning, God. You know, try to wrap your head around that one, right? In the beginning, God. God God created time. He's not bound by time. So he's standing at the very end of your life and all he's trying to do is to get you, to shepherd you, to walk down the path of life each and every day to choose him and, and to choose to be around his flock and, and to be nourished by the word of God and strengthened by the word of God and spend time around your, your Christians, brothers and sisters while you go out you know, and, and impact the world and, and do what it is that you're called to do. But again, he's trying to get you from here to there without the mo you know, a bunch of trials and, and tribulations. Now, we know trials and tribulations come. We don't have to go looking for them, amen? But a lot of times, it's stuff that we create on our own. Amen? Amen. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 15 and 16, as we continue on, it, it, you know, he's still, again, he's rebuking these people. He says, I will feed my flock. So again, God, the good shepherd, he's saying, I will feed my flock. God is gonna feed his flock. If you're part of his flock, He's going to feed you, and I will cause them to lie down. That, that's, him giving us, that's him giving us rest, it says, says the Lord. And I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away. I will bind up that which was broken, and I will strengthen that which was sick. So he feeds, feeds the flock. 
He causes them to rest. He, he strengthens and he, and he heals the sick. He's a, he's a good shepherd. He's somebody that we want to follow, amen? But I will destroy the fat and the strong. And I put those are the shepherds who weren't doing their jobs. Those are the hirelings. He's going to take and destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. God protects his flock. As long as you stay in the secret place of the Most High, he will keep you protected. Each and every day, again, waking up, waking up, giving thanks to the Lord, giving him your first fruits of the day. It's not just, you know, tithing off your finances, but tithing off your, your time as well. Carving out that time to spend time with him so you know the shepherd's voice. You can hear the shepherd's voice. Amen? So that's all Old Testament, right, Randy? So how about New Testament? Well, let's talk about Jesus the shepherd in the New Testament. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, it goes on to say, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues. This is what Jesus did. He taught, and then he preached the gospel of the kingdom. So he taught, he preached the gospel of the kingdom, and he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted, and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. You know, I, th I think about these people, you know, it's probably like today, you know, they, they did some random Bible studies, you know, they had their online church where, where they watched church online and, and, and their online pastor that if they picked up the phone, there's no way that that guy would ever answer the phone because he doesn't even know that they exist. You know, and, and then they, again, they do some random get-togethers and so forth. And I, I would imagine that that's who Jesus was talking about, that, that these people were just kind of scattered abroad. They're, they've, they've got a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They're, you know, they're just not hooked into a flock, into a congregation. They're not committed because, again, they think they can be self-made. You know, you hear people, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You're absolutely right. However, if you go to church and you are under a pastor and under a shepherd, you will grow up and you will mature correctly at a lot faster rate. You know, you won't get flaky and weird and kooky and all these goofy things. You know, that's what I always see is, is hey, I'm, I'm spiritual. You know, right away I'm like, okay, usually pretty typically weird, but not always. They had no pastor. They had no place to gather or serve. You know, I always think about, you know, who's going to marry them? Who's going to do their family's funerals? You know, where do they bring their tithe? They're just out scattered abroad doing random things, but then they're hoping and they can't understand why God isn't answering their prayers and, and doing things for them. And while they're disobeying God's direct commands, you know, to, to be under the shepherd and, and have a shepherd or a, or, a, or a pastor in their lives. Amen. So we go to, to John chapter 10 and, and this verse of scripture. And, and this is where, you know, when we back up to chapter 9, just to give you some context, it, it talks about, you know, where Jesus heals a blind man. And, and this, this man was, he was blind from birth. And, and so then the, the Pharisees, of course, the religious people, what do they do? They bring this blind man in and, or after he was healed and they start questioning him. You know, and, and they're just more worried about Jesus healing on the Sabbath than rejoicing that this guy got healed. They're religious, amen? And then they bring their parents in and, and, you know, who sinned in the family and just all these other questions. And then they bring the guy back once again only to give him the left foot of fellowship and saying, you know, we're not excited that you got, got, uh, you got healed and, and that you were blind and now you can see they, they excommunicated him, you know, from the religious things that they were doing. Insane, amen? So that's the context here. 
So John chapter 10, verse 1, you know, they're, they're really, when you look at the scriptures, there shouldn't be necessarily a break there. It really is, it's a continuation onto that thought. So it's not a new thought, it's just a continuation on that from John cha- chapter 9 into John chapter 10. And, and, and he says, most assuredly, this is Jesus talking, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. We want to hear his voice, amen? And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. He knows you by name. He knows how many hairs are on everybody's head. I mean, he's, he's deeply invested and concerned about each and everything that you do every day, every second of every minute of every day, amen? Says he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. That's what a leader does. A leader goes out before the sheep, and the sheep follow him. They're smart sheep. They follow their leader, amen? Amen. For they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger. Again, because they recognize his voice. But they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but the Pharisees, they didn't understand the things which he spoke to them. So let it be found of us. Uh, you know, that, that we do know the master, the shepherd's voice, and that we're very aware of the shepherd's voice. We've got a video that's going to play here. I want to set it up real quick. It's just two minutes long, but it just shows where, you know, there's a, a shepherd and there's, there's sheep out in, in the distance, and, you know, there's a couple young gals that are, they're trying to call in the sheep, and the she- sheep herder is telling them how to call them in, but watch what the sheep do, and then watch what the sheep do once the shepherd gives them the call. Go ahead and roll, roll the video. Amen. Pretty cool. Do you come running when you hear the shepherd's voice? That's the premise of this. And not, not listening to other voices, but knowing when the shepherd's voice is, is when God, your shepherd, is, is talking. Jehovah Ra'ah. Amen. John chapter 10, verse 7, as we go on, it, it says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Now remember the context. He was just talking to the Pharisees and he was rebuking and correcting them. Amen? But the sheep sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except for to steal and to kill and destroy. Who's the thief? It's not Satan. Stay tuned here. I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, say hireling. hireling. The thief is a hireling. The thief was, it's talking in context here and we use it all the time when we're talking about the thief. We, we use it in the out of context where we're talking about Satan. Now, the Pharisees and the, the hireling, they've got the nature of Satan, right? They're, they're trying to lead the sheep astray and, and trying to attack him, or, you know, so here we go. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and he scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. That's how you can tell if it's a hireling. Does, does he care about the sheep or not? And that's, that's the litmus test. I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep, this is Jesus talking, and I, I am known by my own. The thief is a hireling. I learned that from Pastor Mike. Go study it out. I had to study it out, but once I did, it's, it's, it's crystal clear in there. And again, because it starts 
with chapter nine, and the thought continues on. What did Billy Brim talk about? Study to show thyself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. So many times, we just repeat what, what has been handed down or what, what other people say, but we always want to go to the word of God and find out exactly what it is, amen? So that's great for them, but uh, you know, what about now? What about 2021? As we go to, to Psalm chapter 23, verse 1, that's where Jehovah Ra'ah really originates at it. And you all know the scripture, and I would encourage you if, you, if you memorize any you know, scripture or any text at all, I would definitely, this would be one of the top of my list. So what's it say? The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want, or I shall not lack. It could say, the Lord is my shepherd, and because of that, I will not want or I will not lack. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I will not want, want lack. And he is our shepherd. He's our shepherd right now. You remember when we talked a few weeks ago how, how some people live in the past and, and they live in the regret and then you've got other people who are so future-minded that they can't wait until tomorrow or you know, until you know, whatever great thing that they're believing for happens and, and they're not living right now in the present. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's the shepherd right now and he wants you to be present and we got to know this you and i cannot complete this journey without having the shepherd you know i i I think about my own life you know just just out wandering around it was like like what's the old uh slogan idiots out wandering around i I know that's maybe a state or something that uh you know it's an acronym for that but it, it it so holds true you know before christ i was an idiot out wandering around you know it was like all the very best you know, thoughts that I had got me to the place that I ended up at. You know, I ended up spending three and a half years in prison, and I I sat in there, and I'm like, how did I end up here? My very best thinking and, and, you know, attitudes and outlooks and, and the people that I was surrounding myself with, all that very best stuff landed me there. So the bad news maybe for you is, is maybe you don't like where you're at right now. But the good news is, is if you plug into the good shepherd your future can be different, amen? Just like it's been for my wife and I and, and, and many of you in here, amen? What's Pastor Mike always say? The best you can do without God is fail. That's exactly right, and it's so true. Continuing on with the Psalm verse two, 23, verse two, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. A good shepherd makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside the still waters. So the green pastures, you know, it's, it's feeding you. It's, it's giving you rest Behind, beside the still waters. You're, gonna, you're not gonna be uh, in anxiety. It's, it's, it's peaceful and it's calm, amen? He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all of the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And you know, if anybody is a lost sheep right now, maybe you have strayed from the fold. God is not running after you with judgment He's running after you with goodness and mercy, trying to bring you back. He, you know, it's like the prodigal son. He's standing there every morning waking up with arms wide open, looking for his son or daughter and, and just longing and trying to draw you back into the sheepfold. Now, the focus of, of Psalm 23 is obviously the shepherd and our need for him. But it also says something about, about the author, about, about King David here. You know, it, it refers to... Um, or, or David could have referred to, to God in a lot of different ways here, but he, he calls God 
the good shepherd. So what is that implying that David is? If God is the shepherd, who is David? The sheep. Now, David was a king. He was a, he was a warrior. You know, he could have said, you know, God, my king. He could have said, you know, God, my commander-in-chief. You know, he, he did the, the psalms and, and, and he was a songwriter and so forth. He could have said, God, my inspiration. But no, he chose to say, the Lord is my shepherd. That's how he wrote this out. So it's cool enough for David to be a, a sheep. It's cool enough for us to be a sheep. Amen? Amen? Now, sheep are not very strong. That's the bad news. They're not, very, they're not hunters and they can't defend themselves. And they are de- entirely dependent on their shepherd for survival. So the first truth, again, is God is your shepherd, Jehovah Ra'ah. The second truth is that we are sheep. There's a, a funny story, if it weren't real, but it is real. Uh, you know, back, back uh, a few years ago, there was a, a, a group of 1,500 sheep, and, and there were sheep herders, and I think this was over in Turkey. Uh, we've got a picture of it. Don't put it up just yet. Hang on just a second. But what happened is, uh, the sheep herders or, or the shepherds are, are having breakfast and they're like, hey, the flock is together. But all of a sudden, one of the sheep ends up falling over the edge of the cliff and sheep are followers. So then another sheep falls off and another sheep, go ahead and pop that up there. And, and it, eventually, 400 sheep fell. The, good, the bad news is 400 sheep fell to their death. The good news is, is those 400 sheep ended up cushioning the blow for the other 1,100. So when they fell, they kind of fell on a pillow and they didn't die. But they said it was about a $100,000 loss. So, you know, sheep do get a negative and a bad rap because sometimes they're just not very smart. But really, it's not that, the, that they're stupid. They're just dependent. Okay? I like that word better. It's not that we're stupid. We're dependent. We're not independent, we're dependent, amen? So some scriptures to prove that being a sheep is a good thing. Psalm chapter 79, verse 13, it says, so we, your people, and the sheep of your pastor will give you thanks forever. We will show forth your praise to all generations. It says, your people and the sheep of your pasture. Psalm 100, verse three, it says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, and it says it again, we are the sheep of his pasture. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He's laid on Jesus the iniquity of, of us all. And that was obviously prophecy. And, and, you know, thank God for your salvation. Amen. Thank, thank you, Jesus, for our salvation. That he did lay the, the sin of us, you know, and, and, and he did search for us, and he did seek us, and he, and he did find us out when we were lost. The last scripture there is Psalm chapter 77, verse 20. It says, Thou led thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Again, it's talking about sheep and, and, and being a flock and how it's a good thing that, that Moses and Aaron were leading them. Here's some interesting facts about sheep. So the ner- negative character qualities, like I said, they're not super smart. They're not real brilliant. Uh, but they have no dis- defense system to protect themselves. They've got no sharp teeth, they don't have any claws. Again, they're not like a lion or, or a cheetah that can run fast. Um, they've got no sense of direction. I mean, they don't have like an internal GPS. They're not like a dog that, you know, you take them away from the house and they'll kind of find their way back or a cat. I'm not a big cat lover, but it, from what I understand, cats end up, you know, going out and wandering around and, and for, you know, unfortunately or maybe fortunately, they do find their, their, their way back. If you're a cat lover, uh, I love you and, and you got to love me, amen. Uh, but again, um, 
Yeah, it's, it's uh, I lost my, my point here when, when I talked about that. Um, but the parable of the lost sheep. So you think about in Luke chapter 15 when, when it talks about Jesus saying that, that if there's a shepherd and, and there's a hundred sheep and, and one of the sheep gets lost, it says, what does the sh- shepherd do? A good shepherd, he leaves the flock and he goes after that one lost sheep because this is what a sheep will do. A sheep will wander off and they won't find their way back. They'll go find a, a bush and, and they'll lay down and if they lay on their back, they can't get over back on their feet, okay? So they're not real agile either. Not, not a lot of things going for us, guys, as far as being sheep. <laughs> However, they'll, they'll start bleeding. You know, they'll start ban, right? And, and what is that? That's like a distress call. That's like the dinner bell for wolves and, and, and predators and so forth. And even when the, the sheep herder goes out to get them, when, when he's calling for them, when the sheep are lost like that, they're too scared, they're just paralyzed, and they don't move. But here's the awesome thing. What, what does the, the good shepherd do? He goes and, and he grabs the sheep and he, and he puts it on his back and he, and he carries the sheep all the way back. Now, the only time that the good shepherd will leave the flock is if the flock is unified and if they're gonna stick together, amen? And the Bible talks about if, if you're a lost sheep that, that all heaven rejoices when, when that one sheep is found and, and they're brought back into the flock. And that's what a good shepherd does. You know, and honestly, when I read this scripture, just being transparent, sometimes you know, I get frustrated. You know, this COVID thing happens and, and people get knocked out and, and, you know, what is it? It's, uh, gosh, it's been way over a year, right? And, you know, some, some folks haven't come back. But now after reading the, that verse of text and, and understanding the pastor's heart, I understand why Pastor Mike, this isn't, this isn't just a, a job. He's not a hireling. This is, this is a calling for him. And, and they're his flock. And, and he wants to go out and he wants to bring them back. And whether we understand, we can't always understand that because we are not the pastor. We are not the shepherd. So we don't have necessarily that same heart. Now, we care for people, but are we willing to go out and bring them back? Now, us as sheep, because we're smart sheep, we can go out and, and help to, to you know, woo those people back and, and, and love on them and, and not beat them down, but encourage and strengthen them up and, and have them come back. Because again, every sheep needs a shepherd. Amen. Sheep by nature, they're easily given to rivalry and competition. Let that not be us. But here's some positive qualities about a sheep. Like I said earlier, sheep are not dumb. They're just dependent, and they're dependent on their shepherd or somebody to take care of them for direction and protection. And because they're weak and helpless, this only causes a deep reliance. Let this be said about us. It causes a deep reliance to develop towards the shepherd. So we should have a deep reliance on the shepherd, God the shepherd, Jehovah Ra, amen? Self-reliance is a drawback to working in God's kingdom. Remember, we don't want to be self-made men. We don't want to be independent. We want to be God-dependent. And that sounds weak sometimes. You know, it doesn't sound very motivational, but it's, it's, it's when you humble yourself, then God can exalt you, amen? amen? God needs submissive, obedient sheep that will follow him. And again, it was just like that video there. Do you hear the shepherd's voice. Their only protection from the enemy is, is really to run or to kick, and they can't do either of those very well. Again, they're not very agile. 
They don't have teeth. They don't have anything to protect themselves. So when the wolf comes in, here's an interesting thing. They, they have two forms of defense. So the first form is, you know, you've got a bunch of sheep together and, and a wolf or a predator comes in and, and what do they end up doing? They, they end up kind of jockeying for position and, and putting somebody else out in front. So hopefully the wolf eats that sheep and it's called self-preservation. Now I don't recommend that thing, you know, doing it that way. You know, like me using my wife as a human shield when the predator comes, you know, to, to sacrifice you and, and, and save myself. I don't recommend that whatsoever. Their second defense me- mechanism when a predator comes, and I didn't know this, but they will actually gather up and they'll get so tight, so tightly knit together in unity that the wolf will literally jump up on their backs and because their wool is so thick, he can't bite through the wool But what he's doing is he's trying to jump up and down on them because if he can get them divided, then he can get down in there and then he can devour them. If he can get the sheep divided, he can get in there and he can devour them. But if we stay tight knit together and we stay unified and we're moving in one direction and we're following the good shepherd, the predators can't get us. Amen? And when a wolf in sheep's clothing shows up, They won't have any power over us whatsoever. You'll recognize it like that because you know the voice of the good shepherd. Amen? So here are some questions to ask yourself to see if God is your shepherd. Number one is, are you at rest? You know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That's being at rest. Do you have a lot of fear? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. If you're operating in fear, you need to get back closer to the shepherd, amen? And you need to hear the shepherd's voice. Are your spiritual needs being met? And if the answer is yes, you're, you're following Christ. But if the answer is no, then you're following another shepherd. We're all following somebody. You know, it's just like Pastor Mike continues to talk about, you know, shutting off the news on November 4th or, or whenever it was, and, and the change that, that I've witnessed in him and how much more you know, passionate he is and he, he's not listening to two different voices, not trying to hear the, the shepherd's voice but also trying to hear the, the world's voice or the wolf's voice. You can't, you can't be divided like that and, and move forward and it's been awesome to see and, and how much passion and vigor and fire you know, that's come back in him and, and, and moving forward. You know, but it's just a wake-up call for all of us that if, if he can recognize in his own life that, hey, I need to get, get off of this media and off of this stuff and listen to the good shepherd's voice and, and, and spend more time in the word versus more time in the world. How much more do we need to do that as well, amen? If it can happen to him, it can happen to any of us, is my point. And thankfully, we have a humble pastor that shares truth, amen? So the first truth is God is your shepherd. Second truth is you are sheep. The third truth is you have an under-shepherd who is your pastor, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, it says, And I will give you pastors, there's that word ra'ah again, according to mine heart, which shall feed, there again ra'ah, you with knowledge and understanding. The pastor is called based on God's heart. It's not some job that you come apply for. You know, it's just always a huge red flag when, when people are seeking a position. God is the one that brings promotion in your life. Amen? Now, there's nothing wrong with applying for a a better position or a better job or whatever, but if you are diligent at what you're doing and you're world-class at what you're doing, I'm telling you, God will, will, will lift you up and they will, people will seek you out, I'm telling you. But if you're showing up late, leaving early, spending half your day on Facebook and, and messing around and so forth, and then you're expecting promotion, you're delusional. Amen? Amen? 
Jeremiah chapter 23, verse four, it says, I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking anything. And that sounds like Psalm 23 that we just read. Acts chapter 20, verse, verse 28 through 31, this is in the Amplified Version. It says to take care and be on guard for yourselves and for the whole flock. He's talking about pastors or, or under shepherds here. Uh, and for the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers. There it is again. The Holy Spirit has appointed him as our overseers to shepherd, tend, feed, or guide the church of God which he, brought, he bought with his own blood. That's a big deal. Jesus bought us with his own blood and he puts overseers over us. It's no light calling for what Pastor Mike and, and Pastor Vicky have to walk in, amen? I know that after I'm gone, this is Paul talking, he said, false teachers like ferocious wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Even from among your own selves, men will arise. Let that not be said about this place. Nobody among ourselves will arise and, and, and you know, speaking perverse and distorted things. Let that not happen here. To draw away the disciples after themselves as their followers. People are always looking for followers. But you got to first be a follower. Amen? Amen? And wait for God to promote you and for him to call you to do what he's called you to do. Therefore, be continually, continually alert, remembering that for three years, night or day, I did not stop admonishing and advising each one of you with tears. So the responsibility of the under-shepherd or, or of Pastor Mike, in, in our case here, is number one, to feed the flock the word of God. And that's where he goes and he spends time with the good shepherd, with God, to, to bring what we need here. You know, that's why Faith Family Church, we always call it, it's a book of Acts church. There's not some big board of, of, of 10 people that are maybe businessmen and businesswomen that all come up with their own ideas and their own agendas and so forth that maybe haven't really sought the heart of God. No, you've got one man and, and his wife that are, that are unified together, that are seeking the heart of God for the direction and the vision and the mission of Faith Family Church so that they can lead us because they're following the good shepherd and then we can, we can be confident in following our under-shepherds. Amen? Amen. Two, they're to lead and protect the flock. You know, when, when Psalm uh, chapter 23, when it talks about thy rod and thy staff, the rod, it's, it's, a short, it's like a billy club. And I say here, you know, don't beat the sheep, beat the wolves. Amen? So Pastor Mike, if you're walk, watching this, I'm glad you don't beat the sheep, that you beat the wolves. But that's what they did. They had this billy club. And, then they and that was to keep the wolves away. That was, that was what they used, again, to keep the predators away. And then they had the staff. And that's, you know, when they're walking through maybe, you know, forestry areas or whatever, and they had to pull down branches, or maybe one of the sheep was getting out of line a little bit, they had to take and, and gently grab and, and pull that in. And, and, the, and the sheep didn't get offended. They just came right back into the flock and, and kept moving forward with unity and, and in the right direction, all with one heart. But again, the rod is to protect and the staff is to lead. And what happens here is it brings security and comfort to the flocks because they know that they're cared for. And that's where we want to be. We know that we're being cared for. And the third point here is to intimately know the flock. That's one of the responsibilities or the calls 
of the under shepherd or of the pastors. And there's also, you know, other people in here that are, that are in leadership positions that, because again, one man and, and one woman can't possibly meet the needs of, from the pulpit, yes, but individually, that's why there are, are leaders and helpers, you know, set in place, again, to be able to, to meet the needs of everybody, to pray for people and, and to do what it is that God's called us to do so that we can build God's kingdom here in Sioux Falls, amen? But I always think about, you know, who do you call when you're in trouble? I think there's nothing, I listen to, you know, other ministers once in a while on YouTube and so forth, but they're not my pastor. You know, I couldn't pick up the phone. You know, Melissa and I, we, we had a miscarriage in between Noah and Nicholas, and man, we were able to pick up the phone and call Pastor Mike, and man, just hearing his voice, it just corrects you. It just brings you back into, you know, that, that straight line. It's just hearing the shepherd's voice. There's something calming about it. Has anybody else experienced that? Amen? It's a good thing. First Peter 5, verse 1 through 3, it says, I strongly urge the elders among you, pastors, spiritual leaders of the church, as a fellow elder, so the word elder in the Bible typically is talking about a pastor, and as an eyewitness called to testify of the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God among you. So this is the mandate for the, the under-shepherd. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not motivated for shameful gain, but with wholehearted enthusiasm. That sums up Pastor Mike. Wholehearted enthusiasm, amen? Not lording it over these, those assigned to your care. Do not be arrogant or overbearing, but be examples of Christian living. To the flock set a pattern of integrity for your congregation. And that's what he does. He sets a pattern of integrity. I know in my own life, you know, I grew up without a dad. So I was always looking elsewhere. You know, my dad died when I was 10 years old. So I was always looking, you know, for these strong male role models. And, and I found it just, you know, in the wrong places. And I can't imagine how it would have been different if I would have had a, a good pastor and a good, strong man of God. And, and that's a mandate for all of us, all of us men and women, women in here, is to walk in integrity. Because again, people are watching you. They're watching your walk. You know, they're trying to see if this is real. Amen? And they, they want to know if there's something that here that's different. And Pastor Mike, again, he does an excellent job of setting the example. I think of things like humility and gratefulness, faithfulness, repentant attitude. He's a giver and he's a server. Amen? And, and we should all strive to do the same thing. Final scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and says his gifts to the church were varied and he himself appointed, once again, God appoints some apostles, some as prophets, uh, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. So here's the deal. Not all teachers are pastors, but most pastors teach because they've got to feed the congregation. Amen? They're exhorters. There are a lot of different things. A pastor is the most difficult task out of all the five-fold ministry. Dr. Barclay says that. You know, these guys say that. I mean, you know, it's just how it is. They're to shepherd and guide and instruct. But it's our job to make their job a little bit easier. Amen? And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints. That's, that's where we come in. We're to be equipped and fully perfected. God's people for works of service to build up the body of Christ until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer. That's what we want to do is we want to become a mature believer. We don't want to be dysfunctional. Reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. There's that word again, unity, tied together. Verse 14 says, so that we are no longer, longer children, spiritually immature, tossed back and forth like ships on a stormy sea, 
and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the cunning and, and trickery of unscrupulous men, by the deceitful scheming of people ready to do anything for personal profit. There it is again. Do they care about you or about their own personal gain? A hireling cares about their own personal gain. A good shepherd cares about you and is going to lead you in the right direction. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love. We don't like to receive correction, but it's always spoken in love. And somebody that loves you and sees that you're not where you should be or where they see that God has called you to be, you've got to receive that truth spoken in love. It's not to beat you down, it's to encourage you up and strengthen you and to help you move forward. And here's some things when you get corrected, keep your mouth shut. Walk away from there. Don't get emotional. Then go write it down and hold the mirror up to your life and, and say, hey, you know, get in the word, pray it out, and then allow that to change you because, again, it's for your good. It's not to beat you down. It's because they love you. In all things, both our speech and our lives expressing his truth, let us grow up in all things into him following his example who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, the church, and all its various parts Joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies when each part is working properly causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. And that's what we want to have here, amen. So every sheep needs a shepherd. And you need to be excited about having a shepherd in your life and be excited about being a sheep, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.